Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight, we're looking at the Star Cops episode, A Double Life. On Earth, famous concert pianist James Bannerman plays live before an appreciative audience. On the moon, in an unfinished medical area, an unseen interloper breaks into and steals fertilized embryos. The crime is discovered almost immediately, and the star cops are called in and the base locked down. Spring learns that this is a political hot potato. The embryos belong to Madame Asadi, a rich and powerful Saudi widow of a notorious arms dealer. They are being held to ransom for $50 million. These embryos are her only chance to bear an heir to her late husband. She is a major donor to the medical area on Moonbase and is likely to pull both her funding and cause other funding to dry up. But there's more. Base Commander Alexei lets Spring know if this crime goes unsolved, he and Spring will most likely have to take the fall for it. New Star Cop Anna Shun is on guard duty at one of the remaining base entry exit points and is attacked and overwhelmed while the assailant escapes. With the assailant now presumed to have escaped the base, Madame Asadi, against Spring's recommendation, returns to Earth where her authorities can look into the matter. When she's there, she gets a call from the embryo napper who, to prove he's serious, burns one of the three embryos in acid. Anna is taking a lot of shit from Davis. She's new, inexperienced, frail, and he doesn't feel she belongs on the force. However, she perseveres and is able to put together a reconstructive image of her assailant. The funny thing is, he looks just like famous concert pianist James Bannerman. The lead seems doubtful at best, but then they turn up a motive. Bannerman is the illegitimate son of genetic researcher Dr. Teal. Teal was doing private research into a new branch of genetics and had accepted large sums of money for his research, including money from Madame Asadi's late husband. When the research was banned internationally, Teal had already spent the money. The European courts held that he was not required to pay it back. Asadi, not bound by European laws or basic morality, had Teal murdered. David Thoreau is dispatched to the Earth to conduct a genetic matching of Bannerman to the material found at the scene of the crime. Bannerman is incensed. He's being confined by the police, and he's got an airtight alibi for the time of the crime, and yet he is an exact genetic match for the evidence at the crime scene. Alexei caves to political expediency and lets Madame Asadi know that they have a suspect. She immediately dispatches her agents to Britain to kidnap Bannerman and to bring him to her justice. The kidnapper contacts Asadi and, having still not received the ransom, burns a second embryo. In London, David is injured and Bannerman taken by Asadi's agents. Spring begins to put the clues together. Teal was estranged from Bannerman's mother and his son, but he cloned Bannerman and raised him as his son elsewhere, unknown to Bannerman. This child, Albie Teal, must be the embryo napper. He goes to Earth along with Kenzie to convince Asadi that Bannerman is innocent and should be set free, if he isn't dead already. She is unmoved by his pleas, but Kenzie manages to get her to let him see Bannerman. He never met his father, and he knows absolutely nothing about the matter. Asadi doubts any of this is true, but it doesn't matter because in her culture, if you cannot punish the criminal directly, you just punish his family in their place. Bannerman remains a prisoner, awaiting punishment for the crime. On the moon, the team figure out that the kidnapper is still on the moon in an abandoned mineshaft. With David injured, Davis must take Anna along as backup on the armed mission to capture the villain. On Earth, the embryo napper has called again for the third and final time. 
Confronted now with the truth that Bannerman is not the criminal, Asadi lets him go. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Of course she doesn't let him go. She's an evil, nasty person from a nasty, barbaric culture. Albi seems positively pleased that his brother, who cared nothing for their father, is going to suffer. With Anna in the moon buggy on standby, Divas enters the mine and is immediately incapacitated by Albi. As he prepares to destroy the final embryo, Anna arrives and threatens to shoot him. When Albi calls her bluff, it turns out she wasn't bluffing and kills him. The embryo is saved and Bannerman is let free. On the flight back to the moon, Kenzie contemplates the difficulties they'll have with clones in the future as she spies a dead ringer for spring in another row of seats. The end. Now, I just want to say before uh, we, we get into this one okay. that it has, for the listeners, it has been for a variety of reasons, literally months since John and I recorded the last episode of Star Cops that we did. Yeah. We we recorded that in a world that had never heard of COVID-19. <laughs> right. Nobody had the stay-at-home orders unless you were under house arrest. Mm-hmm. You're doing something naughty. Or you were in China. Um, exactly, yes. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure it was, it was bad in China yet. So it, it's I, been a while. If my notes so, are correct, then no. I, I don't know how long ago it was, but it was, it was. Oh yeah, it was uh, February twelfth. Yeah. Oh no, it was already pretty bad in China then. Yeah, uh, they weren't letting people know how pretty bad it was. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. neither here nor there. But the point is, is that um, it's been a while since we've talked about Star Cops, and yes, um, yes. Well, I, I'd forgotten all about Anna. Sh- <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> being joining onto the force and everything. So um. What did you think of this episode, John? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. You know, it was good, uh, good crime detective story with a little sci-fi thrown in there with the clones. I, I, um, I actually, one of the reasons I wanted to mention the length of time is I watched this one and I feel like I enjoyed it better than the the first batch of episodes. I, I didn't dislike them, but I don't know. Either this one was just better, or absence makes the heart grow fonder. I don't yeah, it know. Could be. But I just, I just, yeah, pretty much enjoyed this from from beginning to end. I have some questions about their uh, attitudes towards the uh, Saudi Arabians, but oh, yeah. Um, yeah, oh boy, I yeah. and we can talk about that a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah, this is so. It's <sighs> the writer is the same guy as the last episode, and if I seem to remember that one, that was pretty decent too. That was so, the one where we got Anna Schoen to join, right? Right, right. Freeze-dried people. Freeze-dried people, Evil yeah. pharmaceuticals. Yeah. So, well, maybe they're, they're on to a good... Maybe they're on to a good writer. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe, maybe in the second season, he'll uh, he'll do all the writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Still waiting for that one to come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should we hit Blu-ray any day? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'd be happy if they get these out. Uh, for, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for us over on this side of the pond. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure if they're out over there, frankly. Maybe it's, maybe it's one of those on-demand things. So, the clarify something for me, because Esther, I got done with the episode and I wrote the synopsis. I was not actually clear. Mm-hmm. Are, are Bannerman and Albie both clones of Teal, or is Albie a clone of Bannerman? Uh, Albie is a clone of Bannerman. But we don't know whether or not Bannerman is a clone. Clone, right. We don't know. He's uh, just an ordinary. Well, I don't think he's probably ordinary. He's probably been genetically modified somehow, some way. Uh, that's my guess anyway, since his father was a geneticist. He probably had yeah. something to do with it somewhere. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he had something to do with him being born, being his father and all. But I, I... No, no, I mean, other than the good old-fashioned way. Yeah. You know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I kind of walked away from it thinking, originally thinking that, that they were both clones. But then I realized there was kind of this, Bannerman's mother was mm-hmm. an opera singer. Yes. An artist, a great artist. And you could be forgiven to think that Bannerman is in fact actually the child of the mother. So not a clone, right? So it's dad- Right. And mom. 
he's artistic he's he's raised in that environment they did say he was the illegitimate which is an unusual you you Mm, would never use that term now but that's actually what the computer called him the illegitimate son oh that's right yeah uh, of the thing and, uh, of the scientist and i mean i suppose he had a chance to to nip a little cells out of the kid and and then just oh, clone yeah. the other one and take Very him easy. off and yeah so albie is the, actually the younger brother yeah yep probably not much younger but yeah younger yeah. brother mm-hmm. and they mentioned about paying paying a woman to carry it to term but they didn't they didn't mention that about the mom that's why i kind of came to the conclusion albie was the only actual clone there yeah. Would a clone have the same fingerprints? I don't have an answer for that. Um, I don't think so. Because I think the fingerprints are... Uh, I, I'm not sure how those are are uh, determined. I'd have to look that one up. I thought it was interesting they used no fingerprint evidence at all. Right, yet they were dusting story. for them earlier. But I guess they didn't find any fingerprints at all. Gloves oh, maybe I... Was he wearing gloves? I didn't notice. I think so. Well, then how did he leave? Never mind. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, Maybe he wasn't mm. wearing gloves. Go Maybe ahead. that's what yeah. they were. They weren't dusting for prints. They were trying to get skin cells. There you go. There you go. Yep. He left little we'll flaky bits behind. Yeah. Exactly. We'll run with that one. Mm-hmm. We'll run with that one. Yep. Not sure why you would actually store your embryos on the moon. Yes, I know there's a... Double the chance of conception up there is... Uh, triple. I think it was triple. Triple? Double, triple? I don't know. Whatever uh, Kinsey said. Yeah, it's, it's but, much better. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, you know, radiation. Lots of radiation. That's a bad thing for cells. And I... Yeah. Uh, well, we have to assume that the moon base is somehow adequately shielded. Is it? I thought they had uh, some medication or something like that that they took to counteract radiation issues. Or was that zero gravity or low gravity? I think that was either the zero gravity, the low gravity, or it was for the people who were on extended space missions. Hmm. Okay. I, 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 let's face it, the, as paranoid as David Thoreau is about radiation, if there were radiation no, issues on the moon, he wouldn't be there. Yeah, he'd be wearing a lead suit all the time. Yeah. Yeah, not just lead and acting. He'd be wearing yeah. lead yeah. suits, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've determined that he has uh, a resting bitch voice. <laughs> Even when he's being, being nice, it sounds like he's just really pissed off at you. And, and yeah. he's trying to make his point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways. It's it's hard carrying that American accent off all the time. It's uh... Yeah, I guess it is. He watched the wrong cop shows to get his addiction, I guess. So would, would the moon be a good place? For a medical facility. I mean, I, I obviously you have to have medical facility wherever you have people. Yeah. But, for example, if you're in zero gravity, I think I think you pretty much know you don't want to have any issues. surgery. No. No, anything involving I, blood or broken bones or pretty much anything. Is opening the body lot. up and letting it all spill out. Yeah, anything like well, that. Well, yeah, or just kind of congeal into a big sphere. Yeah. And I think it's... Yeah wells right i mean if you're if you're not oh the body in uh, low gravity yeah. Yeah, yeah all the 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 liquid uh tends to gather into your center and your uh your legs and arms uh i guess they would shrink a little bit there's less fluid in them mm. but yeah any sort of a wound that's got any sort of bleeding at all is going to be very very bad news in in zero gravity and not that great in low gravity yeah, that's then we've got the moon, you've got some gravity. Yeah. I seem to recall some science fiction program and I can't remember what it was, is that there were certain surge certain circumstances where zero gravity might be considered an advantage for medical procedures, but I cannot remember what they are. Hmm. Um Well, maybe bones healing? I don't know. Why why would embryos have a better chance of implanting and growing? In lesser gravity, I don't know. I think uh, actual research has determined that it's more difficult uh, for uh, uh, embryos to be fertilized and come to term in, in low gravity. It, it'll happen, but it's more difficult. Not sure about that. I have to actually do some research. Yeah, I don't think you'd want to. I don't think you'd want to raise a child 
Oh in no, those no, that would not be a circumstances. Good idea. Um, you definitely you would not want to be the, the first in the expanse. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. We're basically breeding a whole new species of humans doing that. Yeah, I don't think they'd be like you know eight feet tall, but they would be a lot thinner and not very healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be a bad way to find out that there's lots of stuff that requires gravity for proper uh, uh, proper growth. <laughs> um, let's see. I guess we we'll, we'll start with well, we've started, so we'll we'll go on to the depiction of the Saudis. And Are they actually Saudis? I they I think they called them Arabians. Right, no, just Arabian. Point. That's all I got. Well, I think that's that. That is Saudi Arabia, but uh, well, it, Arabia is kind of that whole area. Well, I think you know, especially the references to the royal family. Um, I, I mean, obviously, they didn't want to call them Saudi Arabia because the writers would be killed. <laughs> um, it's possible. Yes. <sighs> And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm half joking and I'm not half joking. I, I, I want to look at this thing. I wanted to, I wanted to watch this and I wanted to look at it and say, wow, that is a seriously racist 1980s, 90s view of the Arabians. Yeah, well, very, very stereotypic, but there's a reason but, why it's a stereotype. I mean, it, it hasn't been that long since the intelligence communities of the world have been pretty darn certain that the crown prince had a journalist uh, murdered, hacked up, and, I don't know, sent out UPS in pieces somewhere. Mm. I mean, yeah. it, it, there, is a, there is a grain of truth to their... Well, the fact that, the, that I, I believe they still do cut thieves' hands off. I think yeah. that's still one of their their forms of punishment. It's like, okay, wow. And yet, in this far-flung future, Madame Asadi seems to be pretty well set for a woman. Yes, that's kind of odd. Yeah, it's like, well, they're going to make progress in the future. Guess what? Nope. <laughs> not that much progress. <laughs> well, welcome to the future, and nope. No, not so much. Yeah. I think they got something recently, didn't they? Uh, I think well, women can drive. I'm not sure what Arab state that is, but uh, there's women that can drive now. Maybe that's the emirate. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah. So kind of like their view of, well, now that you mention it, now that you mention it's the same writer who did the last one, which was all about Japan, and oh, not yeah. too flattering. Yeah, true. Not too flattering of Japan either. Yeah, and it's probably this is... a big Newsweek reader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Actually, you know, there is sort of almost a, there is an undercurrent throughout this entire show. They don't like the Americans. They don't like the Russians. They don't like the Japanese. They don't like the Italians. They don't like the Arabians. Have they beat up the French yet? Ooh. No, I I can't. I think they made some crack maybe about the French during the meeting when Spring got hmm. appointed. But well, it's two more episodes. Yeah, that's right. We've still got a whole world to offend that's out right. there with that uh, very, uh, I don't want to say it's British. That's not right. But I mean, that is what we're getting here is that the Brits are kind of, or spring anyway, British policemen for mm-hmm. the most part are, are pretty uh, uh, down on the rest of the world. Maybe maybe there's some justification for it, but uh, still. And for the first time ever, in one of these episodes, because mm-hmm. I've heard this, lots of people have have mentioned this online. There, there, there's a couple things that people keep coming back to. It's like one, don't like the theme music. Two, <laughs> I caught myself inc- humming at the, today. By the way, the the incidental music. Oh God, is sometimes incredibly wrong. And I will tell you that throughout all these episodes to this date i have actually not really noticed much in the way of the incidental music but that music when they were in arabia uh, was yeah driving me bonkers <laughs> it's like wow i you know if i i mean if you go into my house you might hear music playing and and it might be the seven volume wild wild west soundtrack collection i don't know 
but it would not be the same tune over the course of three days continuously playing on music, which is what appears to be the case in this. I'm not sure about that because it was also playing in the uh, the mining facility that uh, uh, Albie was holed up in. Wasn't that coming the over the radio from the the link there at the end? I don't think so. So you think that was actually truly incidental? Yeah. Score so. music as opposed to right. I'm gonna yep. set I'm gonna set the tone for Arabia now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just gonna trowel that on and uh, whatever much better doesn't if they had like three guys in the back beating bongos and playing the music or something. Yeah, yeah. Somebody Slaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Snakes. Yeah. Uh, whatever they got. Well, camels. They have snakes and camels. camels. They have camels. Um Of course that would blow their set budget. Which I got something to say about that. <laughs> well, stay away, because I couldn't figure out for the first few times if that was supposed to be the Earth or the Moon. Oh, for starters, this is yet more proof that set designers should never build real rooms. That pink horror is half black box theater and half pervy candy store. That's Bannerman's apartment. Oh, my God. It's like, okay, let's put a lot of weird angles on this railing up here and uh, uh, and just... The walls are just, you know, ignore this big black space where you see nothing behind it because there's nothing there. Oh, it's just terrible. He's an artist. Uh, artist. uh, Isn't that a redress of Spring's home? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, They just removed a couple panels and spray painted a few other ones. And, uh, yeah, it's just – and they shot it from a different angle. I was was looking at that when when he – when Thoreau came in and I'm going, so does – Everyone in uh, yeah. the 21st century live in a sunken two-story access by staircase. Or elevator. It's yeah. such a weird design. Why would you go up? Why would you go up to get to the front door? I, I don't understand that. I, I don't know. Like I said, set designers should not build real rooms. They just... And, and this one's not even good there. It's like like they had a special on one-inch uh, square stock steel uh, 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 steel beams or something like that mm-hmm. and just said, okay, we have uh, three tons of this stuff. Uh, make a set. It's like, mm, all right. Was, I think it was really steel, though. It kind of looks it, it cardboardy. Didn't, it didn't wiggle as much as the uh, the walls did. Uh, and you want something metal if you're actually going to use the stairs, which they did. And it's, it, that stuff's too small of size to be wood and actually be structurally sound in any way, shape, or form. But, yeah, so it's just steel bar stock that they welded up. And, uh, oh, man, it's just awful. Oh, man. The worst Ugh. part of the 60s have come back. Uh, I guess. It, it reminded me of, um, like, um. I keep wanting to say like an Austin Powers film, but okay, we'll go with that. Right. Penguins when Austin Powers goes into that, like a, it's not a disco, but it's a go-go joint. There we go. And they've got, they've got the girl in the cage. Yeah. And they've got, they'll have a staircase coming down into it like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I think of when I look at that room. It's too small for that space, but that's exactly what I was thinking. of. like, yeah. go-go, go-go club. Yeah. 60s kind yep. of thing. Yep. We spent a lot of money on this staircase and balcony, and by God, we're going to use it. Got to be on Earth again? Everyone lives like this. Exactly. They live in <laughs> holes in the ground. I want to see what the outside of that house looks like. <laughs> Just it's, like a little J-John on top that you walk in and climb down into the ground. It could be like one apartment in like a, a building with a thousand different uh, rooms in it. Who knows? In which case, that would be an incredibly useless waste of space. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Vaulted ceilings are to begin with, but vaulted entryways. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh. I I don't know that that there's a huge amount on this. I mean, there is – I guess we have the the sub-theme of Anna Mm -hmm. being her first job as a star cop. And Divas yeah. being a royal jerk to her. Yeah. Partially warranted, though? Uh, I don't know. I think it's just, I don't know. Divas resenting that somebody else is on the force. 
Um, I don't know. Maybe he was hoping for a promotion. Or maybe he's just, you know, he's been married, what, five times or something like that? Maybe yeah. he just, you know, has a poor view of women. I think maybe that this is his courtship by... ritual. Well, there is that. Uh, <laughs> at the, the last scene we see him in, it seems like they might have, you know, you know, Devious is going accept to accept her as uh, one of their own. So I could, I could imagine. Okay. And I think I can safely say that you and I both mm -hmm. have worked with police officers. Yeah. I can see them being defensive about just, here's a new cop. She was a scientist in, uh, in a pharmaceutical company yesterday and she's like, 22 years old and knows nothing about being a cop and she's your new equal star cop partner. Yeah. I can kind of see them being, and, and you can, you can put it as being cliquish or you can put it, well, trying to be fair and say, you know, they have to depend on these exactly. people with their lives. And yeah. she certainly hasn't earned that. Right. They have to depend on each other, you know, when times are very difficult and, uh, you know, she hasn't proven herself yet. And I think in a lot of uh, law enforcement uh, agencies that you're not discouraged from, uh, you know, not having some suspicion about the new guy. Uh, at least that's what I've seen anyways. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's completely different by now. But back in the 80s, probably not. Yeah. And, and they're certainly not doing a very good job of projecting the future as being different from the way it was then. Well, you know, it is a cop show in space. Trying to be familiar. Yep, trying, trying to, to be, be familiar. familiar to the people. Right. So. And, and that's why we're so uh, completely horrified by their set designs. Because <laughs> 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 so that's what the future is going to look like. You're just not ready for it. Well, maybe. So experienced cop man, Divas, uh -huh. can't take Thoreau with him on his mission because Thoreau's arm is broken. He can't get it in a space suit. Right. And it's an armed mission. You're required by code to have two cops. Which just makes sense. Um, which makes sense, absolutely. And uh, Kenzie and uh, Spring are down in Arabia land. <laughs> and so he has to take Anna. Right. And we get out there, and they've got guns. Yeah. And he asks her, you know... Have you shot one? Can you know how to use the gun? And she's like, I prefer not to. As a Buddhist, I have reverence for all life. Nice Asian accent there. Wow. Uh, I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's her real accent. I haven't looked up anything about the actress. Um, her she name is, is definitely. Asian, but... she, well, I'm not saying she's not Asian. I'm just saying that if... If that is her natural accent, she is doing British person putting on yes. terrible yellow terror era <laughs> Fu Manchu type accent. Yeah, almost. a couple of times it's, I heard some uh, British inflection on, on words that sounded odd with the, uh, the put on Asian accent. But that, you know, okay, to be fair, to flip side that, if uh, I'm sure that, you know, my wife is Asian, if she had come mm -hmm. to Britain and learned English in Britain, she would speak it differently True, than she does by true. learning American. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It just, it, and then when you combine it with phrases like, I'm a Buddhist and I have reverence for all life, it, 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 it comes off very fortune cookie. Right? Well, I mean, true, true. Yeah. And again, not the most subtle of portrayals mm -hmm. of non-British cultures on television there. So I'm more more interested in the, the fact that she's a Buddhist. And that probably would have come up in the interview that she had to go through in some way, shape or form. Especially like, I don't know, when she was getting checked out on weapons. Uh, whoever signed off on her uh, marksmanship proficiency, uh, she might have mentioned something about not wanting to shoot anybody because of religious reasons. Uh, so, you know, why that didn't come up earlier, eh, who knows? I guess they wanted to have some some possible growth and dramatic tension for the character. Do they have that problem in Buddhist countries? I don't know. Um, do, do, do Buddhist cops not 
Well, and, and I and I'm sure that there are people in in listening to this in Britain right now going, "Well, our cops don't shoot people." It's like okay, but that's actually not always the norm around the planet. Um, well, I know that in 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 uh, Thailand, uh, predominant religion is Buddhism, and uh, the police are definitely armed. Oh yeah, Maybe with yeah, submachine and I guns. Know they shoot people. Yes, they do. They do. Yes. Oh yeah. So yeah. I don't think that's a problem for him. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, she came through and killed the guy in the end. Yeah. Do those things only have one setting? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> They're not I thought, phasers. They're not well, I thought stunned. they might have like a know. you know <laughs> incapacitate. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I guess not. But they never really talked about it when they were um, selling the guns in the first place. Remember they they brought them up and they were. Um, uh, they were talking they were about laser, being weapons, though, they? but they—I thought they were electrical of some kind. Huh. I'm gonna but, have to go back and watch that. But she did it. But what I—but I want to point out is I'm fine. You know, the guy was coming to her. She gave him a warning. She shot him. I don't yep. think anybody can blame him in that particular situation. No. He definitely was a dangerous criminal. Um, he'd and he given warning to the whole bit. Yeah. He—he'd been—he'd been. He'd been burning embryos right and left um what i want to point out is that mr supercop divas <laughs> was incapacitated so fast it's not even funny well he's he's coming down that clanky uh that clanky painter's ladder that they've got inside the little base there and he's still got his helmet on yeah even though there's air right obviously. and uh yeah, I mean, he, he was couldn't see the guy walk up underneath him and, and pull the quick connect off the airline and spray in the uh, the, the knockout gas. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it kind of, you know, sucks for Divas for not actually, like, going in tactically of any way, shape, or form. <laughs> like, he's just there to read the meter. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> oh, I'll go and see what I see. I don't know. I was like... 15 years on the force, I think he probably needs a refresher in, uh, in entry. Entry in Mines. Moon yeah. Mines 101. Yeah. Oh, well. <clears throat> that guy got the drop on him. Oh, yeah. That was that was embarrassingly bad. Um, the Rose could have done better. Yeah. When Anna was knocked out by the same gas when she was at the checkpoint, didn't she clear a guy, like, literally one and a half seconds before she was knocked out? So, like, the guy either had to, like, sprint down a hallway... Or immediately jumped through a door and closed it really fast. So he wouldn't have seen the person that just checked him out get knocked out. The whole thing was a bit confusing, the way it was shot and edited. I I think we mentioned this before. The whole pacing of a lot of stuff on this series is just mind-numbing. Fast and slow and... Yeah, and not explaining things very well. Yeah. you know, I watched this a total of three times. You know, the uh, first time was just after our last recording in February. <laughs> so February, and I watched yeah. it. <clears throat> I watched it yesterday and I watched it today. That's <clears throat> April, just for the clarity for folks. Yeah, April, That's exactly. April, Sorry. Yeah. Mid-April. And, uh, day 23 of COVID-19. <laughs> whatever it was. Locked down for day. us, or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the shut-in time. Yes. Yeah. Uh and uh, yeah, I still some things I had to pause it and reverse, you know, go back and look at it again. It's like, oh, okay, got it. Uh, geez, I'll tell you yeah. what I will say has gotten better. The sound mixing has gotten better. Uh, I don't have trouble hearing what people are saying or I do. talking over each other. Or... Uh, I still have troubles with. Uh, was it uh, Spring and Kenzie were talking about something and she said something. It was like a mumble almost. Or it was really fast, and I it just I had no idea what she said. Yeah, but well, that I just can't must say be every me. line, but yeah, yeah, that might be me. I'm not sure. Um, also, the uh, you know they must have saved a lot of money by not using lights in a lot of the sets. You know, when they were on the moon, when they're in the mine, when they're in Arabia, they just said, okay, you know, all these lights you set up for Phil, yeah, get rid of them. We like contrast. <laughs> you know, we have well lit over here and totally black over there. Dramatic. Uh, it's dramatic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could say that, or you could say just poor lighting direction. Mm. I think I remember something about halfway through here, 
I might be getting that confused with another series. Uh, the um, some designers were changed out or something like that. I I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I'm tempted to look up and see who the lighting cameraman is on this uh, on this production, and we'll probably find out he's like a BAFTA Emmy award winning. His name is Philip Philip Blind Man (laughs) Torson or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. British cinema's only blind lighting cameraman. (laughs) It's like overcome an amazing disability. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's it, yes, it's it is it is weird. I mean, the moon base is pretty flat. Yeah, very institutional, very Which easy. It's done. Makes sense. Yeah, but but even that, I think, is is gotten a little bit more uh, contrasty, slightly more contrasty in the later episodes. But I don't know. But definitely on Earth, oh, it was horrible. Yeah, it would have been it, better if they would not have had completely black background elements because that just it made the whole thing look like first off it looked like a play and i have nothing against plays but when you're when you're experiencing one you can see the whole stage and yeah you you don't see a ceiling all that kind of stuff your your belief is not supposed to be suspended quite like that it's a bit different when you're watching a television program or a movie yeah yeah you can't turn your head and see somebody you know eating popcorn yeah, it would be I like in theater. You could, but oh, well, yeah. it, it would Bad be analogy. like if they had people. Do you remember the episode of UFO where uh, Mindbender, Bender, Mindbender, Mindbender, where Straker suddenly thinks he's on a film set? Yes, it's kind of like that, where you see them walk between two rooms that we know are like. This is the command center. That's the submarine. Yeah. But he can now walk between them and the camera can follow him. Right. And and it's like a little bit normal lighting in the middle. But mm-hmm. the rest of it, it's like set for film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 does, it does throw you out, which, of course, is the point in Mindbender. Right. Yeah. You know, another thing. Right. Uh, everything on this show was shot on video. And yes. video especially in the 80s, didn't have the dynamic contrast that film does. So you're going to get, uh, you know, rich. your your blacks are going to fall off a lot faster than they would normally. Plus it has that electric look too, but that's, yeah, it's going to happen anyways. So maybe that's another part of it too. But then again, your director should of photography know should know that and should be able to light to it. That's why they're called directors of photography. Yeah. Not, you yeah. don't get like Ilma with a flashlight over here saying, okay, you can work that light, so I think you can light our sets. Go for it. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they may have been chimping the budget on this one. Yeah. A little bit. And yet, that sort of multi-layered uh, set for the uh, medical bay, which really didn't go anywhere. I know. Why'd they build all that? That's a lot of work. Yeah. It did seem like it was going to be more important in the story, and then and it wasn't. Yeah. Maybe maybe we've been fooled. Maybe that was like uh, amazing model work or something. But it did seem like mm-hmm. they built a multi layer. Uh, I, I, I get the and, feeling that that a lot of the a lot of the parts of that set might have been scavenged from other parts oh, yeah. of the, the other sets. They just okay, turned sideways, enough. or you know that sort of thing, which is a good look for a moon base. Sure, sure. Still you know, kind of I mean, prefab construction material. Still kind of weird that the corridor seemed to be about two feet wide. <laughs> no, no fat people allowed on the uh, moon base. And you're never going to carry anything very big except for all the stuff that's in the offices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, well. Disassembled. Uh, dehydrated. Or maybe they simply, you know, uh, seal the doors, depressurize that, uh, that room, and pop a wall off, load everything into it, seal the wall back up, and boom, fill it with air. Fair enough. Fair enough. Although it's a little harsh when you're trying to bring in the fish tank. No kidding. Um. (laughs) Or potted plants? Ouch. Man. And that hamster? Wow. Poor guy. Poor guy, yeah. (laughs) He held his breath as long as he could. And, oh, well. (laughs) 
<laughs> you can edit that part out. No, uh, or not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> These episodes go pop sometimes. and That's, <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, what else have we got in this episode that was the, worth? The photo fit thing was kind of interesting. That face very much, thing. Very much for your eyes only with the identograph. Uh, it didn't work worth a bean either. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if something like this was being used at that time. It was very new. Uh, or they figured, well, this is how people are identified now. You know, they have to flip through the books and choose the type of eyes and that sort of thing. So, well, it's going to be computerized in the future. Is uh, that how they do it? I think they so, actually, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I've never done this. So all I ever get is from TV. And I thought they set you down with a caricature artist and uh no i think they know, like, uh big round eyes like this no erase 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 a little like that no yeah no 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 no. i don't know i think they they uh they have a uh what are the those little kids books where you have the uh the animal with the hippopotamus head the uh walrus oh, yeah. body and the legs of a giraffe you know that sort of thing one of those i i, I certainly would not look at that picture that she came oh. up with and keep going you know, he just keeps reminding me of the world-famous pianist, James Bannerman. Well, yeah, if he'd been unwrapped and flattened. Ew. That was horrible. <laughs> That's what that looked like. That looked like, a, I think they call it a UV map for a 3D model. It's like, oh, dear. Well, you could wrap that on a couple polygons and you'd have a pretty decent face. <laughs> wow, they were cutting edge. Way to, it's way to the future, the remember. Yeah, it I is. guess so. Whew. <laughs> I, I I'm I, like I said I enjoyed the episode, but I, I guess there is the the question of is there anything to explore about cloning? Because mm. I I don't feel that there is. I don't feel that there is any. None of the ethical issues are brought up in this. No, um, they didn't mention any of that at all. Whether or not Albie would have actually had you know human rights. I guess it was just a given. He looks like is a person. that what is that what? Well, he was born exactly. Yeah. Born to a woman and and Doctor Teal and and was there was that what Teal's work that was banned was? I don't. I thought it was something actually... like Nouveau Genetics or something like that. Is what he called it. Something Nova Genetics or I, I... Nah, I forget what that was. I think it was the whole. You know, we don't want uh, somebody sitting in his lab g- designing. Uh, you know, a super race, uh, you know, the whole eugenics, you know, in, in one shot type thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's probably what it was. Get a whole lot of details in that. On the other hand, uh, you know, I could certainly see that uh, Asadi might want an heir who is himself. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure I understand that. You know, I, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I like myself. I don't. I don't think I'm one of those people that has a, a serious dissatisfaction with the way with the way that I am. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I, I like myself, but I wouldn't want my kid to be me. Maybe there. Maybe the thought is that if the child is a clone of me, I know how, how I think, so I would be able to control the child better. I don't. I don't know. I don't quite understand that either. I don't get it. I mean, I, I can get the ones where you clone somebody so you can have their liver when you need one. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying pain. I'm endorsing that. <laughs> no, I'm endorsing happen. that. But I mean, Just I can see how you time. would, how somebody would do that. Probably somebody filthy rich and have too high of an opinion of themselves. But uh, just just at a guess. Um, but you know, if if I understand what happened here, Teal wanted his son couldn't have his son because yeah, he the, was with Bannerman yeah, the, the heck so with he made fighting his own. for custody yeah we'll just, just have another one. one exactly make i'll my, just make, make my own one. i've got the plans here i'll just whip one up in the lab wouldn't you then be in a position where you're like well i have two kids and i'm missing one of them i i don't know i, I don't i don't think i would be able to go okay fine i got a copy so that's that's great. You know, I it's not know. like it's a copy of a movie. Yeah, fine. I got my copy, so <laughs> you can keep you can keep the original. I don't care. Uh, yeah, I don't know. 
Um, it, that's, yeah, I don't quite understand that one. And they didn't go into it. No, which was unfortunate. Anything interesting about the cloning, they just ignored. It was Pretty just, much. It's it was just, just a, a MacGuffin. I think that's the term. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's crime in its how do we make it spacey. Well, yeah. I do think it was, you know, interesting that at the end, Kenzie is finally putting out there. It's like, you know, this is going to make cop detection stuff a whole lot harder. Mm-hmm. But it was really just kind of a facile comment just to throw up the joke about having another spring on board the, the shuttle. Yeah. Yeah, that had to just been a, a simple joke that, you know, couldn't have been like for maybe a, a dreamt of second season where there would be problems with clones. I mean, one could hope yeah. they were thinking that far in the future, but I kind of doubt it. Mm, yeah, I don't know where we're going to go, where they're going to go, whether they thought they were going to go. I have no idea. Okay. I don't know that I have anything else. Um. Oh, yeah, the uh, communications blackout where Nathan couldn't speak to the moon base for, what, half an hour until it rotated back into view. Um, please, you've got satellites. There's probably, I don't know, transatlantic or transpacific cables that go to satellite uplinks. You should just be able to pick up the phone, dial the number, and boom, you're talking to the moon. I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, it would be different if we were talking about Mars. A, well, uh, no, I was, I was thinking like a space station. Well, even right. that, you should now, be able... Yeah, they sh- you should have satellites that could relay messages sitting out in geostationary orbit. Yes, but in the 1980s, I think we were still experiencing communication blackouts as ships were orbiting from time to time, right? Well, yeah, that's uh, partially true, yeah. But that would not apply to the moon. Well, I guess... I, I, no, it shouldn't apply to the moon. It's far enough out that they should be able to get an angle on it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, if it was closer to the Earth, then it's a... And assuming that you were beaming it up through one of the, like, Jodrell Bank or something... Not even that. Yeah, then... Much smaller antennas can do it. Yeah. I mean, you just need two satellites, and you'll be able to talk to the moon. But, yeah. I thought that was kind of odd. You know, it's definitely a, you know, a a reason for them to figure out why uh, or where the, uh, the bad guy was. Yeah, an excuse. Yeah. Definitely so. an excuse. Oh, well. What about Alexi in this episode? It seems to me like he and Spring oh. are sort of getting along pretty yeah. well, except... Uh, Alexi is... He did a... I made a note of this. He's, he did a good job of being a politician. And I think he has Spring's back, but Alexi realizes that money is the fuel for the base. And if you lose that... I heard that, that about moon bases? Exactly. And if you lose that, then everything's gone. You know, you you are screwed. And he's trying to balance out appeasing the funders and appeasing the police inspector. Um, yeah. If he hadn't been Russian, would he have <laughs> would he have given the name to Asadi? Because it, it was very clear from what a... Spring said, they're going to kill him. You tell him they'll kill him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Lexi knew that that was a very good chance of happening. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It's definitely a, a plot device to uh, to get um, to get the guy into Arabia, into the hands of the uh, uh, the barbarians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just call him that. Yeah. I mean, I, Bannerman, any, any, any comment that we have about what's going on here is what's being portrayed in this show. The people mm-hmm. in this show are barbarians. They are unsympathetic. They are not portrayed as as civilized people. Right? I mean that that is the portrayal that we're being given here. So Yeah. So I think you're I think you're justified in calling them barbarians there. Um well, anybody who's gonna cut the hand off from a thief. Jeez. Come on. Boy. It's not just a threat. You have to carry through with a threat to make sure people know that the threats are actually threatening. Exactly, said the bully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Wonderful. Yep. But, but uh, you know, anyway, so to Alexi, that, you know, he, it was politically expedient. He mm-hmm. told them who it was, knowing that they were probably going to go kill the guy. 
Yeah. If that had been a British commander of the base, would he have done it? Hmm. Or is this part of that? I mean, we, Spring still makes a crack about Alexei's Russianness. Yeah. <laughs> at, at one point. Yes. And coming for you, that's surprising. Yeah, exactly. So I I wasn't sure whether that was also. Uh, I would think that yes, uh, any other commander would have done that, just because the reason they're in that position is because they have enough uh, political wherewithal to appease the people who are, you know, the the people who fund the the, the moon base, um, just like in Moon Base Three, you know, the other series that we looked at, where the the uh, there's that fine line between uh, uh, keeping things going and doing what's right. When he turned the information over, he mm-hmm. knew that he had an airtight alibi, didn't yeah. he? I don't know. I kind of got a bit of indifference from Alexei when uh, when Spring was talking to him. It was like it was a foregone conclusion that, you know, whoever you finger is going to be the guy that's going to, you know, get the punishment, no matter what. You know, we're just looking for someone to kill here. You know, it could be the guy sitting over there just reading the paper. Doesn't matter. I don't know. I I try to think if I could do that. No, I couldn't. I obviously wouldn't be a commander of a moon base. <laughs> I was just going to say, and uh, there there you go. I'd never command a moon base. But John Koenig would never do that. He'd pretend like he was going to do it and then side with the bad guys. And then but shoot would, Alan. And everyone, yeah, and shoot <laughs> Alan because, because, you know, he's That's there. do. <laughs> and Alan will always take one for the commander. That's right. And... <laughs> <laughs> and but of course alan will also be the one shouting at him because he can't believe that the commander is going to be doing this exactly or shouting at everyone else saying i can't believe you're backing down on john koenig now depending on whichever way the story needed you to go but i think he'd like getting shot <laughs> that was his thing i like the feeling of being stunned yep was it always me <laughs> <laughs> anyways all right. <laughs> I haven't got anything else on this. Uh, let's see. No, not really. No. And I don't know what the name of the next episode is, because... I can tell you in a second. Other People's Secrets. Other People's Secrets. Dun, mm-hmm. dun, dun. That is episode eight, if I am that is not correct. mistaken. Mm. Mm-hmm. We are coming rapidly to the end of this show. I know. All right. Okay. Well, John, thank you for joining me. Oh, you're very welcome, Eugene. Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.